everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Today we're going to be talking about Hebrews 11 through 12.1. And this is known oftentimes as the Hall of Faith, kind of like the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Faith with uh, famous characters from uh, the Old Testament. Um, starting off, verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And uh, I just want to make a quick point here. A lot of times people think of faith as something very weak and flimsy, like just a hopeful beliefism or, you know, a very blind faith. Um, but I think here, you know, the words used to describe faith are assurance, uh, conviction. It's something that you can really um, have convictions about. And I think, um, you know, for, for many of us, you know, our faith is built both on reason, you know, what we know to be true, or what we've come to see about, you know, the, how we can believe in a God we cannot see, as well as um, our, our shared, ex- or as well as our experiences that we have experienced um, as we've journeyed with God. So, um, yeah, so I just want to make a quick point about faith there. And the note of faith, you know, this passage talks a lot about different heroes of faith, and they are amazing characters, amazing figures in the Bible, and um, yeah, there's people like Noah, there's Abraham, Moses, but at the same time as I was looking through just the different names listed, I had this question, how much faith do they have? And I realized they didn't have to actually start off with that much faith, um, in the sense that they just had, they had enough to trust God, but they didn't really know what was going to happen. Yesterday we talked, there was that message on Abraham, but there's also other characters, you know, Moses, Moses thought he he was timid, he didn't know how to speak, and then there are also other characters I noted this time around that, you know, were thrown in the mix, who are not just, um, yeah, they weren't necessarily like laudable characters, they were people like Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and they're all, they're not perfect people, they had also, some of them had an incomplete, or a, a lack of faith, you know, Gideon tested God multiple times, Barak as well, it was not sure about what he was getting into when Deborah called him. Um, Samson, we know, um, just his faith was tainted or by different desires, uh, for, for, yeah, different desires of the flesh. Jephthah um, made a rash vow and ended up killing his own daughter. I just realized these are a list of incomplete people, I mean, imperfect people, and at the same time, God commends them uh, for their faith. And I thought about how... Um, Romans 4, how God calls things that are not as though they were, and I thought it was so amazing how God does just choose to almost like look at the highlight reel of these characters in that sense, and he chooses to be pleased by the, the just the, the instances, opportunities where they show faith. And I was really thankful for that because it tells me I don't need to be made of, you know, they're not made of different stuff. Like, I have hope too. These people, these, you know, Abraham, Moses, all these people with their flaws and their shortcomings, they get to be in, like, what was at the hall of faith. And there's there's hope for me too. The one qualifying factor is just for me to be obedient and to be willing. And I also thought about how it's not about the amount of faith that I need to show, but it's really the object of my faith. And it goes back to that Course 101 example of, you know, the ice, walking on the ice, and you don't really know how much the ice can hold you, but the ice is thick and it can hold you. So it's not about the amount of faith, but the object of faith. So this gave me great encouragement this morning as I thought about this uncertainties in the future. I don't need to wait for a time for my faith to build up so that I'm just ready and ready to go and I'm prepared. And I'm, but I just have to be willing to take that first step out. Even though I still have all these issues going on, I just have to be obedient and willing. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about some of these characters, like what did it look like for them to take steps of faith? Um, in verse 8, it talks about Abraham going out to a land that he didn't know. Um, so kind of t- yeah, taking a step of trust to uh, just obey God. Um, verse 17, it talks about Abraham being asked to offer up Isaac, you know, and so in this experience, it was, you know, being asked to, you know, give up something really precious, 
Um, verse 25, it talks about Moses choosing he, where he chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin um, or considering the reproach of Christ greater than the wealth or treasures. Um, so that's trusting that Christ is, that that, that relationship um, with God was more important than these other things. Um, verse 28, kept the Passover, so that's like staying faithful. And then even in verse 31, Rahab essentially um, aligning herself with the people of God even when maybe it didn't seem logical at first. Um, and so all of these different pictures of faith, um, you know, it, it can look very different. But I think one thing that I was thinking about is how, you know, every time we choose to trust God, every time we choose to align ourselves with God, one thing that verse 6 tells us is um, it pleases God. You know, verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I think that's something that's really interesting to think about, the fact that our steps of faith actually bring us closer in relationship to God. You know, it pleases him. I was thinking about how, um, you know, earlier this year I got a chance to take Nate, you know, my two-year-old son, um, to do a couple of things. We, we did zip lining and we did sledding. And both of those occasions he was really scared at first. Um, but I'm like, well, daddy's with you. You know, you're going to have a great experience if you trust me. Um, so let's do it. And then, you know, every time he took a step up that ladder for zip lining, I was like, wow, I feel closer to him. It really pleased me that he trusted me. And, and I think likewise, you know, when we exercise faith, it really builds our relationship with God. And then on top of that, um, oftentimes the result is we actually experience something richer and greater than if we had not taken that step of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just, you know, when we look at taking steps of faith, you know, it's relational building and saying, yeah, I'm going to trust you. Um, and so that's what taking steps of faith does in our relationship with God. It's telling God we trust him. Speaking also in terms of relationship, it doesn't make sense, you know, to have a, like a, any kind of cost-benefit analysis. So I was really um, encouraged by or just struck by verse 26, uh, how Moses considered the reproach of Christ's greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, where he was looking to the reward. Okay, here it does seem like there's a cost-benefit analysis. But um, Moses is saying, you know, he, he looks at everything before him, the treasures of Egypt, and he's saying, you know what, Christ or he, for him, it's the relationship with God is worth it all the more than these things. I think that's also what is pleasing to God when we kind of set that stake. And, and I, want, I want to ask all of us, you know, what do we consider the reproach of Christ greater than? Could, you know, fill in the blank. I consider the reproach of Christ greater wealth than blank, the treasures of blank. So I was thinking about what maybe God is calling us to give up something. Maybe it's comfort. Maybe it's some kind of... Um, I don't know, some stability, some source of stability. What are those things in which you can say, I trust in the relationship, I value the relationship with Jesus more, and I want to consider the approach of Christ greater than this. Final thought, you know, Hebrews 12.1, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race set before us. Like what gives us, what's part of what gives us the strength to take these steps of faith as well is the fact that others have gone before us. Uh, other These cloud of witnesses is a p- picture of, you know, some athletes competing inside of a stadium and there's all these people cheering them on. Not just cardboard cutouts. Yeah, like the Super Bowl yesterday, but real people who have lived lives of faith, who can, who can attest that the life of faith, you know, trusting in God really is the best way to go. And we have these people who've gone before us and I think are even alongside of us at the time. And I think sometimes we get lost thinking, oh man, you know, 
I'm all alone, it's so hard, but zoom out and see that you're not alone, actually. You know, all the great heroes of faith before us in the Bible, you know, they're, in a sense, they're cheering us on, and that's such, um, that's such encouragement, I think, to keep pressing on, and even real people, our leaders, um, you know, our friends, you know, who are running the race, and um, so, so just remember, too, you know, we're not alone in this, you're not alone in this, um, we can keep doing this, we can keep battling our sin, running with endurance, taking steps of faith, and trying to please God. That's all for Hebrews 11 and 12. Okay, see you tomorrow. Bye.